Welcome to the Call to Build podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Morgan Jackson, and here we're going to be discussing how to build the kingdom of God, tell people about Jesus, and love the world through the way God has made each of us individually unique to build His kingdom. We cannot do this without you. Let's get building. This is episode two, What Am I Called To? So today we're going to talk a little bit about our exact calling and what even is calling. And it's something that we kind of throw around in everyday life in Christian communities. And sometimes it can be confusing. So I kind of just want to break it down a little bit and talk about some of the different ways that we are called to do different things. And look at a few examples from the Bible and maybe take away a little bit of the stigma that calling is only these three things. And if I'm not doing those three things, then I don't have a calling because that's not the case at all. So the question is, is there only one specific calling? And I think the answer is maybe. And when I say a specific calling, I mean for your life. And yeah, we all know the Great Commission and the calling that we have as believers, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But is there a specific call on your life as an individual? And I think there can be a couple answers to that. Let's start with just looking at a few examples from the Bible. So Moses we all know, was called by an actual burning bush, which, if I'm honest, would be really convenient (laughs) sometimes if I could just have a bush talk to me and tell me exactly what God wanted me to do. I feel as though that might clarify things a little bit, so I'm, I'm just a little bit jealous of Moses, but he was called to lead the people of Israel out of slavery. That was something specific he was called to. We know David was called to become king. Joseph was called to be a point of salvation for his family and the people of God. And we see in his story that he did not come to that place by any kind of means that he would have chosen. So that's something to keep in mind about our calling is that, yeah, God might have a specific plan in how he wants to use us in his kingdom, but it might not be the plan we had always thought that it would be. Just to go off on a little bit of a tangent on Joseph, think about it. He was young when he was given dreams of these sheaves of wheat bowing down to him or him being the central star or moon and these other stars were bowing down to him. And what he must have thought that meant, that he would be glorified, that he would be awesome, that he would be great. And in some senses, we know by the end of the story, this actually happened, that his brothers actually did bow before him. But the way that Joseph probably thought that that was going to work out and the way it actually played out were entirely different things. And so it's just a reminder to us that God might place a dream or desire in our hearts And actually, yeah, that does point us in the direction 
that he wants us to be headed towards or it's an ultimate thing that he's going to accomplish. But he never would have thought that the way to that place was going to be possibly trying to be killed by his own brothers and one of them saves them and instead (laughs) was so kind and just sold him as a slave. And he goes and becomes great in the house of Potiphar and then he's falsely accused. He goes to prison. He's forgotten in prison. He learns how to interpret dreams. The Lord teaches him these things and gifts him with these things. And then eventually he gets put over second in command of all of Egypt and their resources. And that was all a part of God's plan, but it didn't go the way that he probably thought it would have. Not in the way that we would think, like the trajectory of calling is not always climbing up some sort of mountain where we get to this ultimate dream that often God will take us all kinds of different ways in order to achieve the call that he has in our life. Another example that we can see was that Paul was specifically called to preach to the Gentiles, while Peter was called to preach to the Jews. And something that I've always found interesting was in Acts 16.6, it says of Paul that him and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phydria, Phydria in Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. I think it's interesting that they wanted and had a desire to go and preach the gospel in Asia, but the Holy Spirit prevented them. Was that because the Holy Spirit didn't want the word of God preached in Asia? No, but it was not what the plan was for them at that time. He had something specific for them to do. So this is another good reminder is that often we might have a plan and think, and it's a good plan. It's a good thing to want to do, but that sometimes the Holy Spirit might not allow us to do that because he can use us more specifically, more impactfully in another area. And so we always surrender and submit to the Holy Spirit's guidance in our lives. He knows things we don't know. And at the end of the day, the Holy Spirit doesn't serve us and Jesus and God. They don't serve us in our dreams and what we want to do. We serve them. And so when we feel pushback from the Holy Spirit in any way, we need to surrender and submit to him. We want to do it his way anyway. It's going to be so much better. And then I thought we should just take a couple looks at some women in the Bible and what their role was in their lives and in the kingdom of God. We see that Mary, Jesus's mother, as far as we know, was his mother. And that was what she was called to. I mean, that was a huge thing to become pregnant as a young girl in the If you really stop and think of what she had to have gone through in that situation, it was a very heavy load that she bore. Not only that, but seeing her son killed eventually. We know of Tabitha, who was a disciple and was the woman that Peter ends up healing in her home. And we know that she was a woman of means. She had some sort of income of her own. Um, And she used that income to provide charity to the people of God around her. We know of Lydia, 
who was also a disciple, and she was a wealthy purple cloth dealer, and she helped also with giving money and provision to the kingdom of God around her and the people who were out telling people about Christ. We know of Phoebe, who Paul mentions, who was a deacon, and they also served in this way. And that was not common at all for women to be deacons, but there she was. And then we also know of Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and Susanna, who were known as supporters of Jesus while he was on the earth. And they often were mentioned around what Jesus was doing. And it said they they provided for them out of their own resources. So they most likely had their own finances and also provided in that way. And this was what they were called to do. It was something that they had. And so they used it. We see that calling can encompass many aspects from being a mother um, to being a leader of an entire nation and everything in between. So there is not one little or few little ways that certain people are called. We all have something that we are called to. And I think there's a misconception that callings are only to vocational ministry. But that isn't the case. All these people that I previously mentioned served God's kingdom in some capacity, but it was all in different ways. Some big and some not so big. And that is the way it's going to be with us. Our lives, our stories, our experiences, our pains and passions, they will all help to point us to what we're called to do. And if we're in Christ, we know that the underlying goal for any of these things is to build God's kingdom in some fashion. If that's having a business and supporting people in the work of the kingdom of God, then that's a part of it. If that's actually being the evangelist on the street, then that's part of it. If it's actually building buildings that people come and gather together. I mean, there's so many endless possibilities. And we need to understand that not one is better than the other. And we see that when Paul's telling us about the body of Christ is we all need each other. And the toe can't say to the nose, you should be more toe-like. If we all don't work together in our different parts and aspects, then we're not a whole body. And we can't go around looking down on people who do not have the same giftings and callings in our life as though somehow they're not as good. But on the same hand, and I think this might be the case for a lot more of us, we look at people who are like Hillsong United or the people that are celebrity status, quote unquote, in the Christian realm. And we think, well, I'm not going to do that or I can't do that. So I'm not called. And that's just so silly because we happen to live in a celebrity culture, but the, the kingdom of God has never been about celebrity status in that way. There's nothing wrong with what those people do. That is what they're called to do. And they're playing their role and their part. 
Just like Joseph became the second in command, there was nothing wrong with the fact that he did that. God placed him in that position in order to provide. See, there's also nothing wrong with having status or having money or any of that. And we have to kind of break these old thinking patterns that say holiness and godliness only looks like this. Lydia was a purple cloth dealer. That doesn't sound ultra spiritual, but that is what she did and she used it to serve the kingdom of God. And that's what we can do too. In God's word in Ephesians 2.10, it says, We are God's workmanship, created in Christ to do good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. So what does this show us? Well, it shows us that God made us who we are. He knew before we even stepped onto this earth in our bodies who we would be and what he wanted us to do. He crafted us uniquely. I just wanted to read a small excerpt of commentary relating to this verse by Ellicott's Commentary for English Readers. And it says about this portion where he says, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. He is referring here not only to the original call, but also to actual good works in which the free will and energy of man are most plainly exercised. We are said not to be moved, but to walk by our own act. He points out a well-known paradox used by Paul is also work out our salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God that works in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. We have to move and step towards those things that we feel God has put in our hearts. If you're listening to this, the chance is that you do have that feeling and that knowledge in your heart that God has spoken to you or there's a burning passion towards something. And there's a lot of voices that are going to come and yell at you. And most likely it's the enemy or our own flesh saying things like, you can't do that. No, you aren't made for that. That's not godly. And these are things that we have to be willing to step out in faith over, so to speak. We do have an enemy that wants to stop us. And yeah, we have to lay all of it at the feet of Jesus and say, Lord, is this me? Is this you? And let him speak into it. But if we will never move forward in any kind of way, we'll stay paralyzed. There are things that God can help you figure out about yourself, about your journey, to kind of point you in a direction. But at the bottom of this, we all know that it is the great commission that we're moving towards. That is Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. However we build God's kingdom, it's all going to be pointing in that direction to Jesus and what he's done and what we want to tell other people he's done for us. I think it might actually be a privilege in our society today that we have time to overanalyze what our calling is 
because we get too caught up in what am I called to and what if I get it wrong? Where I believe in generations past, people just did things. They knew Christ. They were already in a particular vocation or situation in life and they just took on Jesus and his kingdom and the word and they just moved out with it. Now we have so many options and choices and we don't want to choose wrong. What if we get it wrong? And so here are a few questions. If you have struggled with what are the specific ways that I might serve God and how I might be called, here's a few things that you can look at. If you want these printed out for you, you can go to my website. It's ashleymorganjackson.com slash called. And there you can sign up and get a free download of this book called What Am I Called To? And it has all these questions and space for you to fill it out. So one question is, what are your spiritual gifts? Take time to explore that. Find an online test. Talk to people who know you that have seen you work in and around ministry and find out what are my spiritual gifts because when we become believers we are given gifts by the spirit what ministries have you served in in the past and what have you really enjoyed doing what are the ministries that make you feel like you come to life and they're easy for you to do you enjoy them what ministries in the past that you have been a part of have made the biggest impact on you. And then the ministries that you've worked in, has anyone told you that you have made an impact on them? And what were those things? How did you make that impact? Here are a few other questions that you might think about. What people groups do you love? What has God helped you overcome? What do other people say that you're good at? So what are your natural skills, gifts, or talents, or things that you've acquired over the years that you naturally just have a bent towards? What are some topics that you're passionate about that really get your fire going? And what is your personality like? We can want to be so bad like somebody else. But if we don't know who God created us to be, we might spend a lot of time banging our head against the wall, wishing we were somebody else, when God just really wants us to walk in who he has made us. So a lot of times it might take some work to figure out, am I trying to be someone else because I see their position and I want that for my own life? Or am I really listening to and following God? We have a creative God. And one time I was watching this documentary and there was this beautiful sea creature underneath the barrier reef. And it was so intricate and beautiful and colorful. And I was just struck by the fact that God took so much time to create something so beautiful that so few people would ever get the chance to see. And I felt as though he spoke to me in my spirit at that time. And he just challenged me. Ash, will you let me be as creative with your life as I was with this creature under the sea? And I think that is the challenge for all of us. 
is that he doesn't need a 2.0 anyone. He needs the one and only you. And your calling might not be a purple cloth dealer. Your calling might not be to distribute grain to all of Israel from Egypt. Probably not. But there is something that he's created for you to do because God is so creative and he loves the details of who you are. Another thing just to keep in mind is that with all of these people that we've mentioned, if we know any detail to their story, it was not simple. It was not easy. It was not here. Just take these stairs up this way and then you get to it. There was a lot of twists and turns and failures and overcoming and struggle and wrestling. And that is what we can expect as we pursue our calling. It's not going to be easy or fast or without obstacles. We decide in our hearts that we are committed to God more than our calling. It's so easy for, I'm called to this to become sort of anthem that we spout and it's easy for it to get turned into an idol that we bow down and worship what we're called to do more than God and God will never allow that. God gave Abraham the beautiful gift and promise of his son Isaac but then he had to challenge him to give that very gift up so that it would never become more to Abraham than God himself. And so sometimes God might challenge that too, that we might feel so passionate and so driven to do this thing that we feel God has called us to do, but he will never allow it to be a greater love in our lives than himself. So let's remain surrender and open and know that we can trust him. We are called to build. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today and listening to the Call to Build podcast. It would be so helpful if you would rate and review this podcast if you enjoyed it and share it with your family and friends so that others can be encouraged in building the kingdom of God in their special and unique way. If you want to take a screenshot of your podcast app and put it up on Instagram stories, be sure to use hashtag call to build and I'm going to be shouting out others who are building God's kingdom. Thank you for being here. Now let's get building.